Hello, listeners. On this show, I talk with everyday African Americans who were able to transform their passions and struggles into their dreams. I'm your host, Moses Tillman Young, and welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. In this episode, I interview Vanessa Zami. She is a business consultant and the author of Finish, the Solopreneur's Guide to Getting Stuff Done. In our conversation, Vanessa and I discuss the meaning of her book, how to find time for the work you love, and the importance of virtual networking especially during the pandemic. We are recording. So welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. Today I will be talking with Vanessa Zami, and she is a business consultant and an author of Finish, the Solopreneur's Guide to Getting Stuff Done. Hello, Vanessa. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Moses. Yes, happy to be here. Well, thank you. Well, uh, Vanessa, I have to say that I really enjoyed your book. It really like hashed out the things, the issues, both the issues and the solutions that solopreneurs deal with every single day. Um, in your book, you break down the word finish into six different topics. Can you please share those with the audience today? Yes. So finish is essentially my six-step process for how you can, you know, not only just like build a to-do list, but also get, but pretty much check it off, get stuff done and achieve your goals at the end of the day when you're thinking about taking care of your life and your business. So what does finish essentially stand for? F is for focus your intention. I (laughs) is for increase your knowledge and it's for navigate your resources. And then the second I is for initiate your success. S is for season your soul and H is for hug it out. H is for, what does hug it out mean? Yes. Yeah, so hug it out is essentially, so this is, so F-I-N, the first three letters are really more like a project management base. And then I-S-H relate more to self-management. And so when I think through the, you know, when people throughout my life for 15 plus years, essentially they were like, Vanessa, how do you do it? How do you do it? I remember the first time someone asked me that question. Um, and it was, such, it was like 15 years ago. And ever since then, it just kept on coming back. And every year from, from a different person. And so when I sort of, when people would ask me that question, I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I, you know, like I want, I know they were looking for some answers, some like sort of, you know, relish of something amazing. And I was just like, I don't know. I just like wake up and do stuff, right? Um, and then essentially when I was writing the book, I really thought about, how do I answer this question? How do I, what is it that this person's really asking me for, right? And it really was that people were really asking me for, how do I get stuff done? And then it was like, okay, well, how do I break this down for someone so they can apply it for themselves and take them through the journey? And so in thinking through, so at first, actually, at first, the, <laughs> the book is going to be about taking action. So it's actually going to like stop really at like the, the second eye, so to speak, on just like, how do I take action, right? Because I realized that a part of what I do so well is that I plan, yes, I do plan things, but I also take action on things. And so it's like this fine balance between planning and taking action, right? But I realized that there was 
more than just the taking action. Cause you could take action. You can like, you can, you can, you know, you can, for example, record that first episode of your podcast. Right. But then what ends up happening, what people are really asking me about is that how do you then record that first episode? Then you record the second episode, then third episode and the fourth episode, you know, you keep on moving forward right on that, no matter what happens, no matter what doesn't happen and how do you keep going? And so that is what encouraged me to then add in those last two steps of seizing your soul and hug it out which really essentially facilitate that second part of self-management and how that's important. So hug it out is all about what, like, what is it like the people around you essentially. So hug it out is really about the support network. And so it's not just, you know, what, what tends to happen for solopreneurs and for entrepreneurs in general, but also definitely for solopreneurs when you're doing it solo, when you're doing it by yourself yeah. is that, yeah, is that you're in your room or you're in the living room, you're just in your own space, you know, just doing your own thing, talking to yourself. And, you know, you're just like, and oh, talking to Google too. And maybe you're talking to YouTube as well, but you're just like, you know, talking to yourself on different things. And what ends up happening is that that can be detrimental to what, first of all, the ideas that you have, the knowledge that you have and the strategies that you have to keep moving forward in your business and your life. Right. And so what ends up happening is that hug it out is really about telling people and showing people that, yeah, to some extent, yes, you do stuff alone. Okay, cool, right? But at the same time, you also need to have the support system around you for just that advice, for the expertise, for the knowledge, right? For, you know, actual support. And also another thing that ends up happening sometimes, depending on who's listening to this, if you're like me, you're, you know, you enter the entrepreneurship space, but maybe you didn't have anyone like you, right? Maybe you didn't have, you didn't have anyone who was like also another business owner. You can just like, hey, business owner friend, right? It was kind of just like everyone else is on the same maybe corporate America path or whatever, right? And so in that sense, you're also alone in that you're kind of like, well, I don't know any other entrepreneurs, right? But Hug It Out is about ensuring that you understand that part of, you know, part of being successful and getting stuff done, achieving your goals is having that support system, whether it's a spouse or a coach or a mentor, but someone somewhere, right, who you can count on to just like, blah, you know, let it all out, but also get some good knowledge and brainstorming going. How do you find those people, those people who can help you, who are both able to help you and also are willing to help you. They both have the resources that you need to grow and they also want to see you grow. How do you find those people? Great question. And so the sort of people who have the resources for you to grow and also people who want to help you. So I'm going to put those in two different buckets. Now, ideally there's like, you know, there could be one person doing the same thing, but essentially let's put those two different buckets. So when you think about the people who, and you might have to remind me of the second, the second one, <laughs> after I finish this one, but essentially are the people who have the resources, right? So I think of resources as, okay, you have people who have the time, right? Time is a resource. People who have the money, money is a resource. And perhaps even also people who have knowledge, right? So knowledge is a resource. When you're thinking about people who have the time, that's, you know, you're thinking about your staff, team, employees that you can hire, or, you know, perhaps like friends who want to get in on the game, the entrepreneurship game, right? And those I would shy away from, um, for, for you. But essentially, then you have the people with the money, right? So now you're talking about lenders, investors, be, um, veteran capitalists, private equity firms, um, you know, that family friend, if you're, you're so fortunate, family friend who's like, ooh, let me, let me give you some to support your dreams, granddaughter, like, you know, whatever it may be. But essentially, you know, for people who have like the money resource to help you and guide you, you can think of it from that perspective, right? So you got different venture capitalists out there, different angel investors, different investors out there. And part of meeting them is through networking. Right. At the same time, in terms of if you have maybe you had that family friend with some funds or a friend with the fund who's trying to like help you out, 
then also networking, right? Sharing your idea and putting yourself out there and just seeing who comes and gravitates. Then you have the people who have the resources knowledge, right? How do you find them? They're all over. <laughs> um, they're on www. right? www.something. So essentially for them, you know, look up events that are happening in the area, look up meetup, look up um, Eventbrite, look at, you know, Facebook, right? There are many people posting stuff on Facebook. Look at LinkedIn, people posting articles on LinkedIn. Um, look at, you know, these are just like more of the accessible places, but in terms of finding people, or oh, look at courses, right? Like courses that are out there, people who are teaching the courses. So in terms of finding people with the knowledge, like it's, it's all around you, right? And the thing is that, you know, and then you go to the second group. Well, I remembered, yay. Then you go to the second group. So the second group in terms of, so you have people with the resources and you got people who like want to help you, right? And the yeah. reason why I put that in a separate group is because, you could have the people who are like, you know, like for that knowledge piece, you have people who are like are doing courses, whatever, right? And in a sense, they want to help you, but like they want to help you in the sense that you are one of many people who need help with whatever problem that it is that you need solving, right? Like you're one of many entrepreneurs. So they have a course for entrepreneurs and you are one of the many entrepreneurs. Okay, cool. Then you got people who are, they want to help you, like you being Moses, like you being a specific person, right? And at the end of the day, when it comes to finding those people, that also takes networking, but also takes time. And I would say those people, what you're really looking for is someone who's like one-on-one, you know, like either it's a one-on-one coach or it's a one-on-one mentor, or it's like essentially someone who has a combination of the knowledge and time and like support help system that they want that, you know, they can give to you and share with you, right? And the mentor comes from, that comes from networking, right? Meeting other business owners, meeting other entrepreneurs in your space and just introducing yourself and say, hey, what's up? How's it going? Um, we don't say it like that, but yeah. And then you have a conversation, right? And then in fighting coaches, it's just a matter of, you know, checking out the different resources that coaches have. For example, I'm a business coach. You can just go on my website. You can go on my Facebook group. You can see stuff that I have going on and then decide, you know, if it's a fit, if it's not a fit. And many people also have like initial free, like times where you can just hop on the phone for 10 to 15 minutes and just check them out. Right. And so I have, for example, I have power check-ins where people can just come on the phone with me and be like, Hey, Vanessa, you know, we can have a whole conversation because it's also, it's also like a two way street, right? Like yeah. you may think I'm a fit for you, but then we connect on the phone. And I'm like, Ooh, you're not a fit for me. So in that case, you know, it's a two way street, it's a two way relationship. And so at the end of the day, it's one of those things where it's just a matter of trying to find the people, but you will find the people, the people are out there. How would you say networking is now since we are currently in the, the pandemic and most of the networking events are going virtual? Do you think that networking is better since it's virtual or do you think that it is lacking in something in terms of that sense of distance and separation? Great question. I like that. So essentially it's like, how do we, how do we navigate networking in the virtual world? And so I want to start with prefacing this by saying that um, I'm actually a, I'm actually an introvert for the people you may not be able to listen to me like, oh no, but essentially what that means for context, uh, you know, I get energy more so from being by myself. But with that being said, at some point I was going to be like a doctor, a nurse, which I had a whole plan. And then I decided to go into corporate America into sort of that sort of space and realm. So with that, with being then going into corporate America, there was this whole thing about you need to network, you need to like put yourself out there, da -na 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 -na, elevated pitch, all that stuff, right? And so from there, I then was like, okay, well, if I want to make it in this corporate space, because when I, when I devote to something, I like put myself in it. I'm like, okay, cool. Then I got to like, you know, learn all these skills and I got to network, right? But it was very intimidating. And so that was just in person. 
And so I, you know, got that skills up and all that stuff. And so I, you know, I made it in the corporate space in terms of, you know, my salaries increased by more than 60% in less than three and a half years. Um, I have great relationships with people and people love the relationships that I have. I just have casual conversations. I'm not even doing anything intentionally. I'm just having conversations. Now, how does that translate to when we went virtual? So when the world went virtual, or when most of the world, some of the world, say that, uh, went virtual, uh, essentially, and I was in California at the time, and so we definitely went virtual. We like shut down. Um, so I was in California at the time. Yeah. Um, it was like, oh, this I'm going on that train. Um, but yeah, yeah so we, we went virtual. Um, and so when that happened, what does what does networking mean, right? And networking essentially there means we go on an online platform, right? So I found Facebook to be really helpful in terms of turns out. Before I was like, for example, before I was using Facebook as a like storage platform for like my photos for my travel adventures. That's what I was using Facebook for. So whenever I traveled and I had a bunch of photos, I would just like upload them onto Facebook and free the space up on my phone. So then I finally we went to the virtual world, and now my like before I was using you know I was meeting people in person for my business and all that stuff. We go into virtual world, so now my business has to essentially be like 100% virtual. With that being said, um, I then was like, okay, I guess I had to start this Facebook thing. Okay, what's happening on Facebook? Turns out there are like millions of groups on Facebook where for different people, different interests. I didn't know that, right? So essentially when we talk about different spaces and different ways for you to network, there's that, right? There's the social media platforms are a great way, but specifically Facebook groups are a great way, right? Because networking is not, you know, you like something, you like someone something, or you, you're, um, you know, you share someone something, no. Networking is actually like conversation, right? Like some, think of it as a conversation that you actually want to have. So how do you have these conversations? Where do these conversations happen? Facebook groups, right? Oh, also now Clubhouse. Clubhouse is a thing as well too, right? So conversations happening there as well too, right? Or essentially, and then you have the virtual events. Okay, yes, the world went virtual, but that doesn't mean the events aren't still happening. Like events are still happening virtually, right? How do yeah. you find those events? Eventbrite, meetup.com, eventbrite.com, um, you know, your local organizations may have some events as well too, right? So people have definitely moved their events. Some people have just stopped doing their event. They're just like, I don't want to make it virtual. Okay, cool, right? But other people have also just adapted and have moved their events online. So I'm actually, so in that, so part of my title is I'm a business coach, I'm a speaker, and I'm a best-selling author, right? And so in terms of speaking, like I was, I spoke at th over 35, you know, speaking engagements in 2020 alone. And part of that, some of those speaking engagements were essentially workshops where it was other organizations who invited me over to be their keynote speaker, right? So people are still having events where you can network. But now you're probably asking, but Vanessa, it's on Zoom. Like, how do I network people on Zoom? Like, if, if I'm not speaking, blah, blah, like, you know, because some events, you know, you don't, if not everyone allows the video to be on. And yeah. so with that being said, yeah. So with that being said, what I told, like, for example, one of my clients, right, where the way that, like, one client, for example, we use Instagram for her, you know, business. Another client, we use Facebook. But another client, she actually is more so focused on, like, business people as sort of her clients. And so what I've been telling her to do um, in terms of when she thinks about attending these networking events, because she's also, like, a mother and, like, a project manager as well by day and a day job and all sorts of stuff as well, too. But she also has this business that's growing. And so what I tell her to do is that, you know, when you go on the Zoom, there's a chat function, Right. There is a chat function, there's a chat option where you can just type in the chat, introduce yourself, like, hey, everyone's so excited to be here. I'm such and such and such and such. You know, and so that's a, that's a networking opportunity, right? Where people see your name and then, or you see other people's names and you like, oh my God, I would love to connect further, right? Um, or even, for example, I host, um, I have two actually, oh no, I have three meetup communities. Um, but one such meetup community is a real estate investing community. And in that meetup community, we actually 
do Google Meets. And so for the Google Meets, I facilitate discussions with people with the Kanashi network. And literally, I just tell people, hey, like, you know, people have conversations in the, the chat function as well, too. And so it becomes more so a sort of messaging back and forth type of networking, but it's still networking in that sense. Yeah, when you talked about using using Zoom for like those huge networking events, I, I attended one. And the the cool thing was that what people did is they changed their name to their social handle. Yeah. So they could find them, you know, at I like to ride bikes. And so then people who comment, as you said, hey, I'm a bike lover, I live in Oregon, they can then go to their social handle and find out exactly, you know, who they are, their interests, and they can connect that way as well. Precisely. Exactly. Right. And so you can do it that way, like using the handles you can, you know, or if you, let's say you're like, I don't even know how to change my handle for my name and profile, then you could just type it in the comments, right? Someone will see it. The right person will see it. It's a matter of just like putting yourself out there and showing up consistently, right? So that people can, there's a pattern, right? That they end up developing and a habit in terms of, oh, this person does this. This person is always talking about bikes, you know? Uh, so they must love bikes, uh, et cetera. So, so, so yes, but love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Uh, in your book, you talk a lot about time, especially time management. Uh, and you say uh, time cannot be managed. Uh, time is your best friend. Do not manage it. Work with it. Uh, why do you think we should work with time instead of manage it? Yes. So, yes. So my philosophy, time management does not exist. Um, and so essentially, why do I think we should work with time and not manage it? Well, first of all, why do I say that it doesn't exist to begin with, right? At the end of the day, like, we don't have a, you don't have a remote control, right, for time, right? You can't tell time, hey, stop. Hey, rewind, play, pause, uh, you know, don't, don't go in the kitchen time. Like, no, right. Like, you know, like, oh, time, you got to clock out. It's been eight hours of work. You got to clock out. Like, no, right. That's not the thing. And so essentially time is just, it exists. It's just there, right. Time is just there. Right. And so, you know, and you can put terms into it in terms of it's morning, it's night, it's afternoon, it's whatever you want to call it. Right. But it's just there. And so there's no managing it right? There's working with it, right? There's no like, oh, let me make the 24 into 26. Let me make the 24 into 20. It just is 24 hours and you just work with it, right? That's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. It is what it is. And you just got to deal with it, right? And so what do I mean by time is my best friend? Essentially, that's what I, we, we work together. We just, we just flow together, okay? Me and time, we flow. We just flow, right? And I remember this moment when I had that realization, it was about probably six years ago today. And I remember I was sitting on a bus, I grew up in the city, so I take public transit. It's my thing. Um, and I, yeah, I didn't get my license until like the late twenties. <laughs> um, but essentially, um, I was, you know, I was sitting on the bus. And I remember I was sitting on a bus, and I was like sitting there, and I was thinking about okay, time, right? I was thinking about like what I had done throughout that day, and just like all things. Because at the time, I was working like multiple like part time jobs or so, and I remember just sitting there and be like, hmm. I just got a lot done today. Like, oh, and think about just like how in the, in the morning, like in the beginning, I was kind of like, oh, will I get everything done? What's going to happen? Da, da, da. But, you know, the bus ended up stopping at some point. Another bus was late. There was like some other thing, like what ended up happening? Oh, I ended up like one of my uh, meetings ran over. It was this whole such, such, such thing, right? But at the end of the night, I was just on the bus and I was just headed back home. And it was just a moment I was like, no, I think 
time and I are good, some good friends. You know, like we just, things just always work out at the end of the day, right? Things just always work out. And at the end, of, and that's really much what I mean when I say time is your best friend, right? So there are many different ways for you to work with time. It's definitely like a habit. It's not necessarily like a, oh, time is your best friend. Now it's your best friend, right? It definitely takes some working through. And I work with my clients through that. We're through like a 30 day intensive process that I have with people where we essentially work through how do you ensure that you get find the time to do all the stuff that you want to do at the same time how do you then form that relationship with yourself and also with time to just have that confidence that things will work out right and to have that grace for yourself that no matter what happens you can figure it out right and it's you know it's easier said than done but when it's done <laughs> it's a beautiful thing so yes <laughs> yeah so it's you talk about also taking time and finding time to do your side hustle, your, your podcast or, or what have you. Um, and you say that you need to learn how to do your craft. If you want to start a podcast, you need to do research. You need to ask your, your friends, family, and your network, and then you have to go and do it. Um, and you call it nerd time. And it's uh, general search terms, peer search, and doing. Can you elaborate further on those three steps? Yeah. So essentially, general, yeah, general search, peer search, and then doing. So when it comes to, so pretty much it's like part of the, one of the steps is increasing your knowledge, right? And so how do you, pretty much it's like, okay, you want to do something. But so, so one of the things that stops people is, oh, I don't know this, I don't know that, or what about this? What about that? You know, all the, or they, they start making statements, right? And then they stop themselves from doing what it is they want to do. Or let's say they have a bunch, they then, they don't have statements, they have questions, right? So then they have a bunch of questions and then they're like, yeah, but I don't know this, but what about, what about, right? So they have all these questions and then they turn those into statements that they, that stop them from doing what it is that they want to do. So increase your knowledge is essentially about, you know, okay, once you've decided you want to do something, if you have questions, there are answers out there. So now you got to find the answers, right? And that's where those three parts come from, right? So there are different ways to find answers. The first part, general search, type into Google, what is it that you want? right? It doesn't have to be a perfect statement. Google is smart. <laughs> like there are many times I just type something in and I was just like, I don't even know what I'm searching for, but this is what I'm thinking. And, you know, things just pop up and you read through them and you create a better search term, right? But essentially you just do a general search in that sense, right? So type things into whatever platform you're in, type things into whatever search engine you want to. And that's a general search. That's what that's really all about. Then you have the peer search. So peer search is, you know, it's also nice to talk to somebody right? Like if you are looking to like, for example, okay. Like for example, let's say like, you know, you're thinking about like for me, when I was thinking about, you know, getting to a career in product management, for example, what did I do? I reached out to other product managers, right? Ask them about the information, right? Or, you know, in terms of entrepreneurship, let's say you're looking at, you know, I'm looking for some good vendors for my apparel company, speak to other apparel company owners, right? And they might have some recommendations on what vendors you could use, right? Or they might have someone that, they, that you can reach out to. And so that's what essentially that also means, right? Peer search. So using the people who you know to, or meeting new people as well too, right? Networking and meeting new people to then get you the answers that you need, right? Based on essentially what they, what they know, right? And then after you get those answers, you just do, right? So, so just learning by doing essentially means it take action, Right. Don't just sit here. And, and when I talk about in the beginning of this episode where we chatted about how I had that balance of planning and taking action, it's not just, yes, you, you have questions. OK, you find answers to questions. OK, cool. But at some point, you got to like start doing stuff. Right. There is something to be said by, you know, not just learning by, you know, 
writing stuff out in like 15 million journals and then one day start like start doing right it's okay you had questions about the vendors okay cool you can like speak to 10 million people they can tell you 10 million vendors right but it's not until you start like reaching out to those vendors you have a conversation and you'd be like oh wait a second I need to know and understand this part about my business before I can talk to the vendor. But, you know, like this is a whole situation and process where it's not until you start doing that you then can learn about the next step, right? And the thing is that you don't know what you don't know. So you find out what it is that you already know that you don't know, right? You have questions, you know, you don't know those questions. So you find the answers, cool. But now there's even more stuff that you don't know, right? So start doing the stuff that you already know. And then from there, you'll learn more information that you then need to find out more information about, right? It is a process, it is a cycle. That's what life is about. It's all about learning. And that's really what it comes down to, right? And so it's, you have three different ways of learning. General search, type it into something, something will pop up, right? Peer search, ask somebody, <laughs> phone a friend, right? Phone a friend, who wants to be a millionaire? You phone a friend, right? <laughs> or essentially yeah. um, you can do learning by doing, right? Which is, you do the first two, and then at some point though, you have to take action because then that's how you're gonna learn, right? That's how you're gonna learn about, you know, you like, let's say you, you're trying to prepare for a marathon. You're like, yeah, I need to prepare for a marathon. It's in two months, but like, what about what I eat? Do I have to eat something for it? What about the timing? Don't I have to like, you know, is there like some sort of like virus vaccines I need to take for this run? Da, 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 right, you have all these questions. So you ask somebody, okay, cool. Maybe you talk to a trainer. I don't know, they tell you some information. Okay, cool, right? But you never read a day in your life. You don't even know what running is about. Right. And so you can keep on asking trainers, you can keep on Google searching, you can keep on doing all this stuff, but you never ran before. Right. And so what are you going to do? You're going to wait till two months, the race comes, then you start running and then you're like, oh, wait, what was, I think my heart's about to stop. I think my legs are like, what is it? What is this feeling? I don't know. OMG. Right. And it's a whole other plot problem, but she could have, you know, been better that day one, if you had just jogged like two months prior. Right. If you had just like started running right two months prior and then you would have learned something new about oh maybe I should like this is not that easy I should practice okay cool let me you know like it's sort of just like you're learning by doing and learning new things as you go along yeah and it's also the idea that if you you search it up you look it up you ask your friends you ask your family and then you go out and do it then knowing that you can do it and you have started to do it that also gives you some momentum to continue to do it as well. Absolutely. Yes. That momentum is like important. Right. And because it's one of those things where it's very easy when you're doing something new to want to stop yourself. Right. Your brain is just trying to yeah. protect you. It doesn't. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's changed. What is this new thing? I don't know. OMG. And so what needs to happen is that you to some extent you need to train your brain to think that what it is that you're doing is actually a good thing. And that starts with just having that momentum and using that momentum to fuel you to the next step as you go along. What do you think about goals in terms of time? Like you say, we have 24 hours in a day and we have a bunch of things we need to do, whether it be work or, or personal stuff that need to get done. How do we set our goals so then it matches what we want out of our career or our hobby or a side hustle? You know, Moses, so the way that I think about goals, I have many different thoughts about goals, but I'm going to go into essentially the number one thought essentially that I, you know, coach and consult people on is this, the idea of focus, right? The idea of just focusing when it comes to your goals, right? Because what happens is that as ambitious people, 
it's very easy to say to yourself, I want to do it all. There's a, I want to do, I just want to do it all, right? And which is great. That's amazing. But again, there are only 24 hours, yeah. right? And so there's only so much you can get done. And what ends up happening is that people try to do it all, but they're like waking up in the middle of the night, panic attacks, their hair is falling out. They're like, they, they have short tempers with everybody. They, you know, it's just, it's just not a good look. <laughs> it's just not a good look. It's a hot mess, right? And at some point you need to realize, <laughs> and I'm telling you this in advance, but some of you may not, you know, may not follow that practice. So you might be trying to do it all anyways, but at some point you're going to realize that you're not actually doing it all, right? You're trying to do it all, but you're not actually doing it all. And you're not doing it all well, let me put it that way, right? You're definitely not doing it all well, which essentially just dilutes all the energy and resources that you're putting in is diminishing returns because you're just not doing it well, right? You could be doing it well, you could be doing it better, but it's just not a thing. You only have 24 hours a day. And so at some point you need to focus and distill down on what are really the priorities for you. What What are really the most important things that you actually want to focus on, right? And when it comes to... I, t- I try to tell people essentially like three goals, right? So li- list out all your goals, everything that you try and think of for like this year, 2021, for example, right? We're recording this in January. So let's say all the goals you want to do in 2021, all the goals you want to do in like the first quarter, 2021, whatever, list them all out. Okay, cool. Likely there's going to be about 20 things on that list. Okay, cool. So, and when I say goals, I mean like actual goals. I don't mean tasks, right? There's like, oh, I need to record this episode with this person. That's a task. Yeah. You know, releasing a season one is a goal, right? Recording episode X, Y, Z with this person is a task, right? And so, but essentially, what are all the goals you actually want to get done, right? What are you actually striving to do for this year or this quarter? Okay, great. So then choose three, <laughs> right? So I said three goals in a parking lot, right? You choose three goals. You focus on those three goals. Everything else goes on a parking lot, right? Everything else goes on a parking lot list that- have more ideas, more things that you want to do, all that stuff, put that in the parking lot, right? It's there are there's a one building, right? You are that one building, you only have three, three car spaces in front of you. Okay. So you got three car spaces in front of you. And then all the other cars, where do they go? In the garage. Okay. They goodbye. Right. That's what you got to think about your goals, right? What are the three most important? And everything else just got to go, go to the back. That's it. Go to the back of the line. So we need to focus on the priorities and we need to make a discernment between tasks and goals. As you say, the goal is is the bigger picture and the task is simply the, the brushstroke. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And there are a lot of people where it's like, you know, the task is like, I need to do laundry or I need to do this. Or I need to do that. And like the goal is you want to get your house together, <laughs> right? You want to write the, the task is you want to do laundry. You want to you know, make sure your kids go to school on time. You want to ensure that maybe you move somewhere new that you want to move to, right? But the goal itself is for you to, you know, get your house together, right? Well, and then moving, actually moving, you can say it's a goal. Moving is a goal. You can say moving is a goal. So you move to a new place or move to a new city. You can say that's a goal. I'll take that. Um, but in terms of calling the movers, that's a task, <laughs> right? That's within that goal. So, yeah. Yeah. I also like your discernment between the, the smart goals and the everyday goals in that the smart goals, as you put them, they are spe- specific goals that you are trying to reach, but the regular goals that you need that you are trying to reach as well, but they aren't that specific. Those goals are necessary for you to get uh, a win. Uh, how do you discern the smart goals from the the regular goals 
And do you think that there should be a balance of the two or that one should rule over the other? Yes. And I love that you read this book, Moses. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't read my book since I wrote it like a year and a half ago. I don't remember. But essentially, yes. Um, essentially, yeah. So essentially, the in terms of my discernment between, yeah, smart goals and then just like, everyday goals. So here's the thing about smart goals. And for those who are listening, when we say smart, we mean like, the, what do you say? Uh, specific, measurable, um, achievable, achievable, result oriented, something like that. And then like time-based, something like yeah. that. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> um, and what happens when, when I, I truly, so for my, based on like the way I live my life and the way that I see other people succeed is that smart goals are just a fancy way for people to feel better about themselves when it comes to goal setting. At the end of the day, right? Like you don't need to know the specific dollar amount to the cent or the specific day or the specific, like really you just need to know that you're going to launch this podcast, right? Like, let's just take that, that example for the, someone who wants to launch a podcast, right? Like really, you just need to know that you just going to launch this podcast. And if you believe in that, it will happen, right? You just need to ensure that you're taking action and you're moving towards the right steps to get you going, right? You're reaching out to people, you're interviewing them, you're making edits, you know, you're signing up for a platform, blah, 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 right? There are tasks within that goal that needs to get done, obviously, right? But if you just say to yourself and you believe in as well too, that you will launch this podcast, right? Then you will launch this podcast. What ends up happening is that people get into this whole idea of, okay, by April 2nd, I'm going to launch this podcast. It is January 1st, the beginning of the year. I'm going to launch this podcast by April 2nd. I'm going to lose 50 pounds by like May 30th, right? And they get really obsessed with this. And then they like, you know, have this whole detailed plan. They're like, okay, that means that that, okay, by January 10th, I need to have like two episodes recorded. And then by, you know, and they have this whole detailed plan. And then what ends up happening? Yes, it's specific. Yes, they can measure. They can measure these things out. Yes, it is. It is time related. Okay, sure, right. And it, it, it's achievable. To right, it's achievable. You can record an episode, sure, right. But what ends up happening is that you get to January tenth, or you get to May thirty, or you get to like February fifteenth, and then you're like, I'm so far behind. Oh my gosh, you know what? Guess I can't make this happen anymore. I didn't stick to these specific things, like OMG, right? And then you just end up considering yourself a failure because you didn't stick to that specific plan right? When really the goal is for you, you just want to launch a podcast. That's the goal, right? You just want to launch a podcast. And as long as every single day you're mo- you're doing something that relates to that or that's moving you forward in that goal, the goal will happen, right? It's just a matter of having faith in yourself and faith in the goal that you have that it will happen. It doesn't need to be specific. As long as you have faith in the goal, it's going to happen <laughs> at the end of the day, right? It's literally, it's going to happen. You just need to have faith in the goal that's going to happen. And things will just work out as long as you're putting that energy and that effort and that attention towards that goal it doesn't have to be specific it doesn't have to have a time related to it it just needs to be a goal in general right that you can work towards and that you can essentially you know feel good about yourself that you're doing stuff every single day to work towards it being a you live on the came from the east coast and you went to the west coast Mm -hmm. for for college you you attended uh stanford university and you graduated with a degree in engineering. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. How has that degree helped you in in writing a book and creating the system of, of finish for solopreneurs? Let me tell you, Moses, it hasn't helped me. 
And but what do I mean by that? I mean like no, the degree was great. The degree, so the degree that I did essentially it was a combination of like business engineering and all that stuff. But essentially, the in terms of the ability of when it comes to writing the book and coming up with the process of finish. So essentially, the process of finish came from essentially my life. Like it just came from what the goals that I was able to achieve, right? With my background and essentially just like being me and where I came from and just the fact of when I reflected on my life and you know the fact that when people would ask me Vanessa how do you do it how do you do it when I took that moment and I stopped and I was like oh and I literally just like woke up one day and I was like oh this is what people have been asking me about oh snap okay I get it now and then I took the moment to actually you know write it down at the end of the day right that's where finish came from and I would say my experiences though at Stanford helped me I would say probably just because of you know the network there and the people there and also just the actually no see I didn't have I was I was gonna say like confidence in my writing ability but no I didn't have confidence in my writing ability because there was this one writing teacher that I had who actually yeah she gave me like a C on my paper and multiple times and then I remember I went to the office and I was like oh what's wrong with the paper and she like never gave me a reason so she was just like being rude and wrong. But anyways, it was just, so I would say I didn't really quite have confidence in my writing, but <laughs> so it didn't help in that sense. So yeah, but in terms of just like, you know, what I've been able to, you know, the pathway that I've been able to get to in terms of the network and post-college and all that corporate America experience, that has definitely helped me in my business coaching because essentially right out of college, I got into like consulting and that allowed me to be able to consult Fortune 500 companies and, you know, from nuclear manufacturing to consumer packaged goods to finance to all the jazz, you know, and in different subjects from marketing to sales and supply chain process, all that stuff. And so that definitely helps me now as a business coach and in connecting with different entrepreneurs that I connect with in the different industries of businesses that they build. How did you overcome that initial feeling of receiving those grades from your writing teacher? And how did you then turn that 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 failure per se into your your book and your work? Interesting question. So in terms of how did I so I'll go through my response for that. So say that failing grade, I would say for me, it was one of those it was one of those moments in my life where I like stood up for myself, but I didn't stand up for myself. So I like fell short. And so that's why I still remember that moment, still remember that time or that sort of period and that story for myself. Because it was one of those moments where, so like I said, much right? So she gave me the multiple C's. Okay, cool. Then finally, it's because I, I put like efforts in the paper, but I didn't like take some of my time editing, but I'm like really good at editing. And so I finally like final paper. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put all this effort for like editing, all that stuff. Okay, cool. Great. Wonderful. Okay. I submit the paper. It's an awesome paper, but wait, Moses, it's an awesome paper. She gives great feedback, but why did I still get a C? <laughs> right? Like, okay. So then I'm like, I, I don't get it. I'm confused. What, what happened? There, there are no red marks. There are no blah, 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 but I still got a C in this paper. Okay, cool. I don't get it. So then I go to her office. I set up, set up time with her and I'm like, oh, so could you just tell me like, why, like, why, why wasn't this a B, right? I don't need an A, but like, why was this a B, right? Like, uh, you know, what's going on? And she's like, the reason why it's not an A is because I'm like, okay, cool. Can I say not an A? Why is it not a B? Right. And she's just like back and forth, back and forth. Pretty much she just never gave me an answer, right? She just literally never gave me an answer. Like I asked her for the rubric. She's like, oh, I can't give it that to you. I didn't know that apparently she actually could give it to me, but you know, when you don't know, you don't know. So, but turns out, but like that's what she had said to me. And it was just this weird, just like confusing moment. I was just like, 
okay, like what just happened? <laughs> like literally, so she was like, yeah, your paper was great, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just wasn't an A because of the law. And I was like, why is it not a B? Finally asked her, the fourth time I asked her, why wasn't it a B that she finally said something in terms of, well, you know, there's just like a distinct difference between, I'm like, okay, girl, like, you're not, you're not giving me an answer. Like, I don't get it. And then I spoke to other students in the class and essentially it turns out that it really was a her thing where she like essentially just like decided to treat certain students to get like A's and B's and Z's. Um, and that's really what ended up happening, right? And so it didn't matter how well I did on that paper, I was gonna get a C anyways. So I yeah. But, um, but anyways, but point being, um, she's just like, yeah, she was just like a bad professor to begin with. And, but it was one of those times where, you know, in terms of, cause then, okay. So then like a, maybe one to two years out, I tell someone this, this story and I'm like, yeah, I had this like teacher, blah, blah, blah. She told me she couldn't give me the rubric, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, no, obviously like, obviously you're, you're, you have every right to get the rubric. Like you were supposed to get the rubric, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know that, like, you know, so this is like the whole idea of just like how you don't know stuff and how that can really just be a detriment, right? Because who knows what could have happened, but either way, it didn't matter, but um, it did bring my GPA down, but that didn't matter. But anyway, the point being, <laughs> I still, I'm still here today, so it's all good, but, um, but in terms of how does that feed into my life, in terms of like that, I would say like that story is a reminder of just my purpose in life. So my purpose in life and my purpose in life was essentially discovered probably like a, it was like a couple of months, no, it was probably a year from that, that story when I realized my purpose in life was to, or is to share information and resources with people so they become better versions of themselves. And so being able to connect people with the information that they need so that they can move to that next step, whatever it is that they, they want to, right? And so pretty much like providing answers to people if they want to. Um, and it, you know, it's shaped itself in different like ways and you can call them small ways, you can call them large ways. But for example, let's say someone reaches out to me and they're like, oh, um, you know, I'm deciding between, I'm looking to get to law school, et cetera, et cetera. And then in my inbox is something about law school. I was forwarded to that person. I'm like, hey, look, look, this is webinar coming up. I don't know why it got to me, but you know, it, you need it. You just, we just chatted last week about it. So here yeah. you go. And so I would do things like that. And now though, as a business coach and as part of the founder of your business catalyst, what I do now is provide that information and resources to people who want to become entrepreneurs, people who want to build their business and get to that financial freedom and move forward in their purpose and move forward in their legacy to really achieve the life that they not only deserve, but that they can actually have when they have the right resources to move forward in that. Did you have any mentors, anyone who helped you either in college or or after that you can say they definitely made an impact in your life today? Mm, define mentor, Moses. Define mentor. Uh, <laughs> either either a, a professor, a a peer, someone who uh, helped you to wake up to what you were supposed to do, or someone who took you through certain steps and guided you along your what you what you currently do being a consultant no, for businesses you know Moses and that's been sort of like the thing in my life where like yeah so the the short answer to that question is no the long answer to that question is you know I remember the first time you know in elementary school people were like you know they asked you what who's your role model like you know write about your role model like who's your role model right and I'll be like, who is my role model? I don't have a role model. I don't get it. Right. But they're like, the role model is the person you look up to and the person that you want to be. And like, da, 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 right. And so I was like, I don't really have anyone in mind. Like, what are they asking me? Right. But then, you know, I remember, you know, I, I was, a, I watch TV a lot. Um, but essentially I would like, you know, on TVs, on TVs and also even in the classroom, people would be like, oh yeah, my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, you know, they're saying, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay. 
So maybe I like, okay, so maybe like my mother's my role model, I think, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think she is, but maybe if I say it enough, like it'll happen. Um, that, that did not happen, no. But, um, but essentially fast forward, you know, and I've been through, you know, I, what did I do? Like I was signed up essentially, they have different like mentorship programs, different things like third college during, you know, my corporate America life, you know, where they have like mentorship programs, so, like sign up for a mentor, sign up for a mentor. So I signed up for these different things that like would like ask for a mentor, blah, blah, blah. That would, you know, um, essentially pa- pair you with a mentor, right? So I signed up for those things and I would get different, like, you know, and I also would be a part of like different um, programs as well too, where they would pair you with a mentor, quote unquote. And I'll get paired with a mentor. And it was very much like, I'll find myself like coaching them. Like I'll find myself like 20 years old coaching like someone in their mid forties on like life, right? And, and you know, and that's something to say about, you know, like the person who like would be my mentor or whatever. Like, you know, at some point we each got something from some something, right? But it wasn't the sense of, oh my gosh, like this person really defined my life. Like this person like, or these two people were the ones that like really set me on my path, right? Like, no, I would say for me, when I think about my life and how it is that I got to where I am, I'm very self-directed, very independent person. Um, you know, my mother gave food, water and shelter and then I had to take care of everything else, <laughs> right? I was just, I just had to, you know, like she has no, oh, so she's um, originally from Haiti, all that stuff. So she has no awareness of the American education system. Like, you know, I mean, in her mind, she's just like, oh, like, just get a job, be happy. That's in her mind what it is, right? And so, like, I remember I told her I got a scholarship for college, and she was just like, okay. Like, she, like, in her mind, it didn't mean anything. Like, she was just like, what does that mean? And so, essentially, it's, I've always been a very self-directed, like, independent person. But what I will say is that what I did realize, actually, because I wrote, actually wrote my college essay about this. I remember this, my, that personal statement. I'm not sure if they still do that these days, but personal statement. Yeah, they and do. <laughs> I remember that, you know, what I wrote about, and this was like a pivotal moment just in my thinking and how I related to society and people, that there were moments where that one person, right, or that, you know, two people, like they gave me some sort of sentence, some sort of nugget information that allowed me to take advantage of a resource that I didn't know about prior. And it was through taking advantage of that resource that I then made it to that next step that I need to go, right? And so when I think about my purpose in terms of being that bridge for people in terms of what they don't know and what it is that they do know, or what it is that they should know, I should say, to get them to where they need to go, where's really where that comes from in terms of I'm here because of a, some of different information and resources and people who came and gave me, you know, some sort of advice and, you know, some sort of like, some sort of nugget of information that I didn't know prior that really helped me get to that next level, so, so to speak. And so, yeah. Were there any any books, any resources, uh, as you say, that um, helped you to level up in terms of what you do today or what you were doing back in college or soon after? Books, yes. So I would say there was a so there was a moment when so I've been sort of, you know, signing up to be a leader of different organizations, like the extracurricular activities ever since like high school. Um, and that continues on even through like today, right? And so with that being said, at some point there was like a period where like a two year period where I was like, I was obsessed with leadership theory. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, what makes a great leader? Like how do leaders form? Like, da, da, da. So I read like the seven habits, you know, successful people or what is it? Seven habits of like great leaders. I forgot what the book is called, seven habits. Yeah. And then 
I read that book and I was like, yeah. And then I like, I remember I took like a leadership theory, like one year program. And I was in that and I was in another leadership program for like three months. It was a whole situation. I was obsessed. Um, so there was that, that whole period of like this, you know, what makes a great leader um, that has helped me such because right now in my business, I have a team of right now, yeah, right now, well, it was a team of four and I had to let someone go. Performance wasn't there. So now it's a team of three, but essentially it's, you know, and in managing them and in working with them, like, it's just great, right? They just like, they're just like, oh, Vanessa, yeah, you're so clear, Vanessa. You're just so good and motivated. Like essentially all those things that I've done those during those years have helped me today in managing my own team, right? And managing my employees and staff and, you know, getting them to move forward on the goals that we set forth on an aligned path, right? So there's that. <clears throat> then we think about another pivotal moment, another pivotal book for me was actually Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So that book, and the reason why that was pivotal, pivotal was essentially, I read that book a couple of years back, but it was that book that I read, I read about maybe a couple months before I even started Your Vision's Catalyst, before I woke up with Your Vision's Catalyst. And what that book did for me is shifted my mindset on just like, my, like money and finances and all that stuff. But it also allowed me to see and realize that OMG, like, success is it like success is achievable all these things i want to accomplish in life can actually happen despite like three different financial advices telling me that i cannot right like there's actually i actually can make it happen right and that there's this like other way of life that is accessible and attainable for everyone and so that's what that book did to me and that's what that did that book did for me and i remember actually recently we read it we read the book um and was like oh yeah yeah, and I started like, oh yeah, I get it now. I get this now, and, you know, started even more insights. But essentially, yeah, but I would say that's another, like a book that was very pivotal as well too. So, yeah. Uh, when did you decide to start uh, Your Visions Catalyst, your consulting agency? Yeah, it was about two years ago. And what ended up happening was actually, well, first it, I would say, there many different moments that happened. Um, but I'll say some of the, like, the key ones were essentially my friend ended up reaching out to me and she was like, I'm looking to start a, a podcast. And she was like, oh, um, and you're like really good at like, just like, like get it, help, help to get stuff done. And like, you know, achieving goals. And so I feel like you would like help me to like stay on track. And so she pretty much like, she had gotten a grant of some sort. And so as part of the grant, she decided to like take me on as a like, um, what did she call it? What was the title? It was like producer. It was, no, it was like a, producer, project manager, like executive producer, project manager type of role, right? Now, okay. my, this is outside of my day job. So I'm still doing my day job. Um, but then she's like hiring me on for this extra thing to support her in that sense. So there was that moment where I was like, oh, okay, I guess I can get paid for stuff outside. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad as well too. And I was like, oh, interesting. This is interesting life. This is an interesting little thing here we got going on here. And then I then took a weekend, why well, not? took a day where I just assessed like all of my goals. I looked at all the sort of, uh, what we call expenses that would be needed for these goals and then because what ended up happening was that at that time there had been a moment where I had reached out to three different financial advisors across a span of like two to three years so and it was from like you know one salary to like I like I got 14 percent salary increase at some point in time reached out to another advisor and no matter what happened they all told me the same thing Vanessa just can't do it. No. Um, they were just like, you just not gonna be able to achieve all your goals. Like just see this folks on retirement and you know, like you, you know, and then like, pretty much you'll just say nah, it's all my goals. And I was like, absolutely not. So I was like trying to prove them wrong, but also, you know, do this whole thing. So I did that for a whole day. And it just ended up not. <laughs> and essentially I was just like, and then I went to sleep and literally was like, 
the conclusion was like, okay, I'm going to do something different. Because what, what, what I'm doing now in terms of this whole day job thing is not going to get me to achieve all my goals that I want to do. And so then I went to sleep. And then I woke up one morning and literally it just like, it just kind of came to me. Like, it was just like, oh my gosh, like this is, like, I was just in a trance and I was just typing away. I was typing away furiously. And yeah, it was, it was next level. Um, and then at some point I like, woke, I like sort of woke up from the trance, like it was like three hours, three, four hours later where I like woke up from the trance and like looked around and was just like, what happened? Like, what was that? And, like, and yeah, and that's the official Catalyst was born. Um, and then, yeah, so such a year Catalyst was born in like less than a week. I had, you know, already registered the business, all that stuff. I had a PO box, all that jazz. Um, in less than a month, essentially the book, the business was up. The our logo was all set. Uh, you know, all that jazz website was already up and running and it was just a matter of just getting people. So, yeah. How did he get your first paying client uh, aside from your friend? Yeah. So my first, it's through networking. It was through networking. That's literally just like sharing about what it is that I was doing, sharing about, you know, how it is that I help people. And yeah, that's, that's really what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I can see we're close to running out of time. So uh, I have another one more question for you, and that is, if you had the ability to send a worldwide text, what would your message be? Oh, I love that question. If you had the ability to send the world one text, what text, what would the message be? Hmm. Keep it simple and keep it moving. <laughs> my motto that's what i would text that keep it simple and keep it moving yes uh, why, would, why would you send that as your message i'll say because people have a you know think things life happens right life happens like things just come about come and go and the key principle of my life that i've lived by and and you know i was able to summarize it was essentially i just keep things simple right it's like you can make things very complicated for yourself in life right when you think come think about just achieving your goals or just like making it through the day or waking up or going to sleep you can make things really complicated but you can also make them really simple right and then when you make it simple you just get to move on to the next thing right it's when you make it complicated that you sit in it you fester in it it's just oh my god omg you know but it's when you keep it simple you can then keep it moving right on to the next decision there are so many decisions so many choices and just keep it simple and then keep it moving well vanessa this has been a wonderful conversation where can the listeners get in touch with you and your work yeah so i mean for those who are looking to you're looking to building build your business and continuing to grow your business you're welcome to check out our community of ambitious purposeless solopreneurs and you know we're at right at the time that we're recording this almost at 800 essentially ambitious purposeless solopreneurs who are looking to also build their profit producing purpose-driven business so you can check out that community sign up for that community at vzami.com so that's v and then my last name z a amazon money y.com you're welcome to sign up and check out more information about that community and yeah that's the best way to reach me really <laughs> i'm on facebook all the time <laughs> so yeah well, vanessa thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure yes yeah, been a pleasure thank you for listening to this episode of the black gold podcast Please subscribe and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the show on Instagram at the Black Gold Pod in order to be updated about new episodes each week. In order to listen to incredible and inspiring stories, please go to the Black Gold Podcast website and make a donation so the stories of these incredible and amazing people. We'll be waiting for you each and every week 
so that you may be inspired and become an inspiration to someone else. If you want to stay updated on the podcast or be in the know with the various things that I'm up to, you can sign up for the MTY Midweek Newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get access to a weekly email every Wednesday with behind the scenes of the podcast and other projects that I am currently up to. So make sure to visit blackgoldpod.com and sign up for the MTY Midweek Wednesday newsletter below.